bringing Fiona Bowles. She's joining us here this morning to uh, help us take a look at what's behind some of the selling here this morning. Fiona, it's good to have you back. Uh, first, we were just talking about some of the selling that we've seen. Uh, well, continuation of the weakness on Friday. Basically, it seems like inflation concerns are weighing on sentiment. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. Look, it sure does. I think what we've seen in, in the uh, Asian market overnight and into the, the European open this morning is that inflation print, you know, a 40-year high in the U.S., it, it's hard to get away from. It is. Talk to us a little bit about the role that uh, energies have played in terms of this. I mean, you've got crude holding sustained above 120, well, $115 a barrel. I mean, stubbornly inflated levels here adding to those pressures. Yeah, look, the S&P GSCI petroleum index is up 80% year to date, quite astounding. And I think, you know, energy, food, you know, almost all of the commodities have been both a cause of inflation and have been buoyed on by inflation. Um, and it's really, you know, the only asset class that has performed incredibly well so far this year. It's uh, the asset that's performed very well, but it is, again, a reflection of those inflated uh, commodity prices, basically, and what's been at the root of many of these inflation pressures that we're feeling at the pump, at the checkout lane. You mentioned food prices, agricultural commodities you mentioned in your notes here. You know, it keeps I, I refer back to the Ukraine, uh, the attack on Ukraine, the war on Ukraine, Russia's uh, invasion of. I mean, on day one, the first week, the first month of we had had these discussions where we were talking about if this is a uh, kind of a short-lived event, well, maybe we can overcome it. It may not be such a concern, but if it becomes prolonged, which it has been, well, you can see the impact it's had. The disruptions are extraordinary. If we, if we take food as an example, your Ukraine administration said over the weekend that there's 30 million metric tonnes of grain waiting to be exported. And if you think that they could export before the invasion about 5 million tonnes a day out of the port of Odessa, now they're trying to export a million tonnes a day by road, by rail, um, and even down the rivers in, in, into the rest of Europe. So it's a really a, a very unfortunate situation. To say the least, is there any uh, end in sight here? We keep hearing about potential reliefs in certain areas, but nothing really collective, it seems like, at this point, or nothing definitive. Certainly not when it comes to, to the movement of that grain. I think that will continue to be an issue. And I think over in the energy complex, look, we could increase production and, you know, maybe uh, some OPEC producers could do that. But very, there's very little refining capacity. So there's no point increasing oil production if we can't refine it. So I'm afraid $5 a gallon uh, oil uh, might be here to stay for a while. Uh, Fiona, OPEC is going to meet this week. We'll hear from, oh no, it's the monthly oil report. Is that correct? To do out tomorrow? That's correct. What are we looking for there in terms of uh, insight as far as, I mean, one thing we've heard or was the topic last week, the OECD, I think it was the World Bank, basically revising some of these growth forecasts, demand forecasts lower, but also increasing inflation uh, forecasts as well. Do you expect the same? I think we'll be looking to see whether the OPEC economists are concerned about demand. You know, will they reduce their demand expectation? And then on the supply front, you know, are they willing to, to make any calls about, um, you know, where this Russian oil might go? It's unlikely to be lost to the market, but it won't be going to Europe. So, you know, how does that fit into um, the supply and demand dynamic? 
You know, I just wanted to point out here, Fiona, and get your thoughts here, and then we can move on from the energies and talk a little bit about metals, but it's not just oil. You've got natural gas. You know, I was looking this morning here, prices at the pump here, national, uh, AAA reporting the national average up and through $5 at this point. I mean, uh, we're talking 501 from 307 this time last year. It's across the board when you're talking about the energies. It sure is. And what's maybe different to what we've seen in terms of the impact on the US is that, you know, because we're now exporting a reasonable amount of both liquefied natural gas and oil, particularly out of the East Coast, that these global issues really having a, a very real impact on the consumer in the US. Let's talk a little bit about metals because, you know, gold for the most part has been relatively stable around this 1850 level. But we've talked a lot about the tug of war between some of these commodity prices. When one sort of eases some of those inflationary pressures or uh, that momentum to the upside, the other seems to kind of take the baton and run with it. And oftentimes we talk about energies being tied to this demand narrative. And what if we were to see electric vehicles is kind of raise that discussion. But that's going to be, uh, you know, in theory, supportive of some of the metals that we talk about precious metals, for example, necessary to produce those vehicles. The energy transition is a long game, um, you know, and, and while we expect it to pick up pace um, and we do know that, that demand for battery metals is likely to continue to grow, um, you know, it's not clear to me that this is going to be able to help the current situation with, you know, oil well over $100 a barrel. What are you looking at in terms of some of these metals uh, as far as, I mean, I noticed the precious metals, uh, the GSCI, S&P, GSCI, precious metals index is actually flat year to date. Yeah, look, gold in particular has yeah. been a real laggard. As you said, the S&P, GSCI, precious metals essentially flat year to date. And I think, you know, the reason for that is that gold is essentially a non-yielding asset. And while it can be inflation sensitive, it really hasn't been overly attractive to investors when we're looking at such steep um, rate hikes. And rates, which have been, uh, you know, on the rise here at a rapid pace, that's also seemed to kept, keep a bit of a lid on gold. But then on the other hand, you've got wheat up something like 37, almost 40 percent year to date. You've got beans, which have been on the move higher. We were talking about that late last week. They held strong at around the $17 level. So, again, kind of tying back to those food prices that you mentioned earlier, uh, elevated ag prices. Without a doubt, we're seeing it across the ag spectrum. So as you said, wheat, beans, seeing it in corn, we're seeing embargoes of other exporters that are, you know, really concerned, places like India, really concerned about their own domestic supply. Uh, we're seeing very strong sugar prices and even into to some other commodities such as coffee and cotton. Looking to the second half of the year, Fiona, uh, what should we be focused on here again with the idea being that there's not immediate relief in sight, but is it uh, an acceleration or conditions worsening that we should be kind of on the edge or on alert towards? Or, you know, everybody talks about peak inflation, but then we kind of push back a little bit here and say, look, it doesn't necessarily mean that peak inflation provides that kind of V top. It could oftentimes make a plateau of sorts where we kind of hold these upper levels for a prolonged period of time. 
I think what we're going to be first and foremost is looking at the response of the Fed, but we know that interest rates are a really blunt instrument. And for a lot of these supply shocks, you know, interest rates won't do anything. The, the, the Fed really doesn't have too many tricks up its sleeve. So I think you'll be looking at these ongoing supply issues. Can we get any resolution to any of them? But as you said, it may not be that we see a, a peak in inflation. We may see a prolonged period of inflation. Yeah, you know, this has been a, another topic of discussion here in terms of the Fed's ability to sort of pull some of the levers here and slow some of the, uh, well, slow the demand ultimately is what they're trying to do. But if this is supply chain driven, which it sounds like some of it is, then maybe not necessarily, uh, um, you know, as easily or readily kind of, uh, um, you know, available for them to kind of just work their way through it ultimately. This could be something that has to sort of take its time and uh, play its way out here. So obviously some of those concerns, lastly, uh, Fiona, with China locking down or raised uh, COVID numbers going to raise some of those concerns again here in terms of potential lockdowns and the impact that could have on supply chain constraints. Yeah, look, I think it's really concerning. We had seen them start to open back up to take some of those major constraints away in terms of the movement of people, which allowed businesses and manufacturing to get back on track. And then relatively quickly, they've gone back into to lockdown. So, you know, very clearly that's going to be a, a driver, particularly in the manufacturing sector. And so we'll be looking at that in terms of the impact on things like copper and iron ore. Yeah, you know, as you say that, it makes me think of, again, just the sudden uh, shift that we've seen in terms of some of the sentiment here, some of the conditions that we've been forced to deal with as investors, as traders, and consumers, for that matter. The Fed, again, a pretty good reflection of that. And ultimately, the discrepancy between, uh, you know, the Bank of Japan and the FOMC, for example, and just where you are proximity-wise in terms of uh, your ability to manage some of these or uh, fight off some of these concerns. Fiona, always a pleasure. Appreciate you coming back on the show here and joining us to start the week with us here. Very busy week ahead here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Uh, Fiona Boll joining us this morning, the Global Head of Commodities at S&P Dow Jones Indices.